It's game day. And this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The Scottish Premiership is on a yellow card but plays on with four big games this afternoon. It's Aki's St Mirren, Kilmarnock St Johnston and County Dundee United before high-flying Hibs host stuttering Motherwell later. Can Rangers keep pulling away from idle Celtic when they head to Livingston tomorrow? I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevans. This afternoon threatens to be about football. Not biosecure hubs Not COVID-19 protocols And not who should get punished by whom and for what But after the events of the last week I don't know if that's possible I live in hope and so does Brian Rice No points for the Yakis Could it be third time lucky today? Do you see what I did there Alec? I started Mm. talking about football Lovely No, as I said, uh, I'm really looking forward to the day's fixtures as well Hugh, I think there's some Right, meaty ones Hamilton Samirin Takes a significance already And uh, that's what we want to talk about We want to talk about the games Really important Yeah, looking forward to it uh, Obviously Alec touched on it there Hamilton, St Mirren I watched St Mirren The opening game against Livingston Picked up three good points Not a bad side St Mirren They'll be looking to Add to that this afternoon But Hamilton rock bottom No points They'll be looking to get their season going uh, you've got then Ross County who are good form against Dundee United looking to bounce back and obviously commanding St Johnston then the big one tonight Hugh 5.30 Hibs mm. v Motherwell If you think we're going to make it to 6 o'clock without talking about Bolly, Ball and Golly or the Aberdeen 8s or the Scottish FA's disciplinary code or the SPFL's new disciplinary rules you've got another thing coming well, Hugh Keevans Yeah that's right in fact I am in fact sitting in the witness room waiting to be called I'm just waiting for Judge Rinder to start the trial <laughs> And then uh, Alec Gordon and myself And you will all be called as witnesses But there is only one place to start A big game on our patch this afternoon Hamilton against St Mirren Fraser Wishart's keeping an eye on that one Hi Gordon and you're right It's a big game of youth Beautiful day at Hamilton the, A rainbow just in front of me across the pitch And the sprinklers are on trying to put some uh, water Into this artificial surface But uh, a really important game for both Because I think over the season The games against teams that you expect to be around you In the league are very important And for Aki's, as I said earlier They will see this as an opportunity to get the first points of the season Two defeats out of two so far Similar to last week when they played Ross County Which Aki's lost I think Aki's will be looking at this as a game they could and maybe should win but they're already seven points behind Ross County where the Saints on the other hand won their first game against Livingston ideal start they're looking strong and a win today would see a six point cushion between themselves and Aki's they'd have lost to Rangers and Celtic game postponed and I know it's still very early in the season of course but these little advantages might just count at the end of the season some of them look really strong made some good signings over the summer especially in defence Tate, Fraser, Shaughnessy and if they could add a couple of in attacking positions and then I think a couple of attacking options then I think they'll be okay this season could perhaps even get towards the top six Zaki's have always will find a way though of on their very small budget of competing and promoting young players and there's plenty of academy players in their squad today as always they line up with a 4-4-2 formation Ryan Fulton is in goals former St Mun player Lee Hodgson signed this week is at right back Haki Modifan Sean Want and Scott McMahon complete the back four Lewis Smith and Ross Callahan 
Scott Martin, David Templeton in midfield, with Moyo and Winter as the two strikers. Kel Gourley, Jimmy Hamilton, Mar- Marius Ompo, Charlie Trafford, Marcus Fiotov, Regan Mimno, Kel Monroe, Cammy Smith, and Justin Johnson, another new signing, are on the bench. For St Mirren, they go with Jack Anik in goals. A back four of Cammy McPherson, Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy, and Richard Tate across the middle. Kel McAllister, Sam Foley, shitting in that. Sorry, Nat Sharon, Jimmy McGrath, and up front, Junior Marias and John Obika. Two substitute goalkeepers on the bench for St. Mirndine Linus and Peter Urminski, who are joined by Jack Beard, Isaac Torvaldson, Ilkay Durmus, Jay Henderson, Sam Jimison, and Josh Jack. And the referee today in Hamilton is Mr. Alan Muir. So, Hamilton against St. Mirren, Brian Rice against Jim Goodwin. St. Mirren's very much the same boat as we were, and they, they, they were at Ibrox on Saturday, then they'd Celtic on Wednesday night. You know, it was two very tough fixtures for them, so I'm sure Jim is quite relieved that you know he had a bit of rest as well because it was a tough game for them it's always tough when you go away to the old firm and the fatigue the mental fatigue so I'm sure Jim's used it wisely uh, and he'll be ready just the same as we'll be ready they're not afraid to play with two up front regardless of the opposition they, they tend to do it against Celtic and Rangers away from home and I don't foresee them changing that approach against us at home so um, I would imagine a 4-4-2 set up quite direct you know they've got two big strikers up front uh, in Ogpo and Moyo whether Brian decides to go with both of them I know last weekend he went with uh, Moyo and, and Young Winter and a very hard working very well organised you know the young boy Smith on the right side can can cause you problems so we expect a difficult game it always is a difficult game against Hamilton you know and especially uh, at home for them and on their pitch um, you know it's never an easy game yeah, Fraser Wisher, you look over the recent history of the Scottish Premiership, there's never a great deal between these sides. I mean, particularly last season, really summed it up in a nutshell. Between the sides last season, a 0-0, a 1-1 and a 1-0 to Hamilton, I think. A uh, 1-0 to St Mirren, sorry. Um, with Cammy McPherson grabbing the goal. Only two points between the sides last season as well. So, um, usually tight affairs. Yeah, and if St Mirren hadn't won that uh, infamous last game of uh, last season when they were at home to Hearts, then they would have ended up below Hamilton Ackies, in fact, probably bottom of the table. So it, it's always very tight, and as you read out there, Gordon, that the number of goals are very few and far between in these matches. But I, th- I think that's where you get a lot in, in the Premiership. You know, we're sitting at the start of the season looking at uh, our 1 to 12. I think that you know, for most of us, the teams, teams are 6 and 12, there's not much really between them. You know, and you can maybe throw Mother into to that mix as, as well. So. <coughs> So when you're looking at football across the board, it's really hard to predict who's going to win because there's so little between the teams. And of course, we're still to see whether home advantage still counts, you know, because there's no supporters in here. There's nobody getting on players' backs and nobody roaring the home team on as well. So it's going to be interesting to watch this this, uh, this this game on a day like this on this pitch as well. It might be sticky. I know they've got the sprinklers on, but sometimes after 15, 20 minutes, that goes as well. And I hope that doesn't affect the, the game. Both teams set up very similarly, you know, 4-4-2 four, four, formations. So they've got two strikers. There's not really a lot of caution in it And I think it's going to be a really, really tight game today It's going to be fascinating to watch Yeah, and a debut for Lee Hodson A first start of the season, I think For David Templeton as well So players that we know well Over the last few seasons in Scottish football And Hamilton hoping they can make a difference yeah, Hudson's a good a good signing. I mean, he was at St Myrna on, on loan for a couple of occasions in the last couple of years, and he's been at Rangers and Kilmarnock as well. He can play both sides. He can play in midfield, and when you've got a small squad like Aki's, and you're looking at their, their bench, it's full of young players, which is great, but sometimes it's good to have somebody like Hudson who can fit into two or three positions very, very comfortably and just do your job every week. You know, a good professional around the place as well. It will always give you a, a steady performance. Templeton's the one player, I think, that, that Hamilton need this season. You know, he, he's played here before. He was 
was excellent. He came back towards the end of, of the, the, the last season, the last January's window, and showed bits and pieces of what he can do. And if he's fully fit, he's the one player that's got that wee bit of spark in the last third for Aki's. And sometimes that's just the difference between winning and losing the game. They'll set up to be to be, to be solid, two banks of four. I just hope Templeton can go and pick a hole in the St Mern back four. But, uh, you know, St Mern without uh, Conor McCarthy, who's, who's not uh, fit for today's game. So they've shuffled the pack a wee bit. I'm going to have to play another mid. Uh, so he sent a half partner behind Joe Shaughnessy. So I wonder how that will affect them. But uh, in attack, Marias and Obika, who are the key men with uh, McAllister and McGrath behind them. So very similar teams. They're looking for two or three of their players on either side just to be the spark and the inspiration while the rest of them remain pretty solid. Hamilton against St Mirren then Game 1 of the 3 o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday afternoon Kilmarnock taking on St Johnston in Ayrshire Mark Weedy's got the teams Yeah, should be a good game down here at Rugby Park uh, Gordon for Kilmarnock uh, on the back of two draws uh, Picking up their first points of the season They go with a 4-3-3 formation It's Danny Rogers in goals At the back, Ross Millen, Kit Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Callum Waters In midfield, Alan Power, Gary Dicker and Aaron Tishbola And the front three, it's the informed Chris Burke Nicky Kabamba and Mitch Pinnock on the bench for Alec Dyer's team, it's Aaron McGowan, Brandon Honstrup, Clever Di Camona, Eamon Brophy, Greg Kilty, Danny Whitehall, Mo El McKinney, Innes Cameron and Colin Doyle for St Johnston. They've only managed two games this season and they have a point in the opening day away to Dundee United. Michael Halloran was sent off that day. He is back into the starting lineup after suspension and they are back after that midweek defeat at Rangers. It's a 3-4-3 formation for Callum Davidson, Elliot Parrish and goals at the back. Wallace Duffy, Jason Kerr and Sean Rooney in midfield. Danny McNamara, Liam Craig, Ali McCann and Scott Tanzer. And it's a front three of Michael O'Halloran, Callum Hendry and Craig Conway on the bench for the pair side. Ross Sinclair, um, David Wallerspoon, Callum Booth Isaac Oluafe, John Robertson and Cameron Ballantyne and today's match referee is Andrew Dallas I think we have to mention Chris Burke just about a week ago he's on this show he gets called Benjamin Button by Jim Duffy Gordon DL has never heard of Benjamin Button so we educate him we then ask the listeners who else in Scottish football could you compare to characters in films Hugh Keevans gets called Mrs Doubtfire <laughs> Gordon Gale gets called uh, Pinocchio because you tell fibs nothing to do with your nose Thank you. uh, we had Mark Wilson likened to Forrest Gump because he likes sitting on benches we had the full <laughs> lot it was all there and then Chris was kind enough to join us on the show on Thursday, Thursday evening and uh, Mark Greedy he, he genuinely does seem to be getting better 36 years of age and still going strong yeah, he, he's brilliant in, in his professionalism. And for me, uh, Gordon, I would have him in the Scotland squad. I don't know if Steve Clark's got it lined up to be named this week or the week after, but I would put him in the squad. He's on form. Um, age is no barrier. He's a good pro. Steve obviously knows him very well. Alec Dyer knows him very well. And, you know, you need form players as well as your tried and trusted ones. You need to put form guys in. And uh, I would more... Uh, then definitely uh, put Chris Burke in the Scotland squad. I think it's thoroughly deserved. I, I, I love wee Chris Burke. Uh, like everyone else, I think his uh, professionalism, his attitude, his outlook to the game. I think he's playing some great stuff, scoring some good goals. But to try and get a tune on him at international level, there's some great wingers like Forrest and 
you know, uh, I mean, Ryan Fraser's, Fraser's not exactly yeah, played much football recently. Fraser's yeah. not played for six months, yeah, so could, that, 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 would, that would see if there's a, if there's a gap there, Alec. Uh, no, listen, I would, Mark, I'd be I more your, than more than your, comfortable putting Chris Burke in. I take your point, but you know, you've got guys like Matt Phillips <coughs> and guys that are, you know, you know, even if you look at, uh, you could put Christie out there as well. You know, there's players who are actually playing at a better level than the wee man, and with the greatest respect to him, I think his best years are behind him, even though he's he's having a purple patch. Still, well, I, I, I dispute that bit, Alec. I mean, what will be will be with Scotland that no no one knows uh, Chris. As well as Steve Clark Because they had him at Kilmarnock So we'll leave that up to Steve Clark But yeah. I think that he's taken a conscious decision Chris Burke To try and make the, the remaining years Even better yeah. than the younger ones He spoke during the, the, the summer um, He was on the programme During the, 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 the layoff yeah. And the enthusiasm And there was a, clearly a need To remain Relevant. Yeah. He looks at the younger ones around about him and thinks, "Well, I'm not going to be characterised as the old guy. Uh, the, uh, has been no, none of that. He, he made a conscious decision to step it up a level." Do you know what I loved about when he came on the phone on Thursday evening, Mark Weedy? I don't know if he caught it, but he was talking about the free kick against Hibs, and obviously it was a stunning strike. And he he, he went into yeah. you know great detail talking about how he's been practicing a lot because of that, because he knows he's 36, and he felt like he needed to add something to his game to make sure that he's still relevant is the word that, that Hugh uses, but you know still able to to be productive and contribute to the team. And so he's gone away at that age and decided to try and add that to to his locker. Yeah, and that just shows you know a real intelligence um, about him too, because you know what, and, and, and Alec will be will be well aware of it too, because Alec played on to, I think it was when, when he was forty. When you get to that age, people look to find fault uh, in you, and if you can you know bring things that bring you know extra talking points, you know change the narrative about yourself away from your age, and that that's what he's tried to uh, that's what he's tried to do. But no, he's absolutely terrific. I was down there at Rugby Park, albeit it was against Queens Park, but he had five or six assists um, in the game, so. I'll go back um, to my original point. I think Alec has been really unfair um, on him. Um, if you're doing well enough, and at the moment you know, you're talking about Matt Phillips, Matt Phillips isn't he playing just now. Um, Alec, when he's on form, yes, I would have Matt Phillips ahead of, of Alec, uh, Chris Burke. But right now, Chris Burke is a form player in the country, and I would love to see him because it would just give hope to all those people as well, all those over 35s. Give them hope that if you're playing, age shouldn't be a barrier. Okay, let's hear from Alex Dyer then, the man who's picked the team today. Tough game as usual. All, all the games are strong side. You know, got good players in their team, so I'm expecting a tough game. Yeah, they're good. You know, we watched the game. They're a good side. You know what I mean? I mean, you're going to to Rangers. You know, you're gonna be in, in for it, and it can either work one way or the other when you go to them big clubs. But um, I thought they conducted themselves well. Like I said, it's gonna be a tough one for us, but we're looking forward to it. Obviously, we've had, you know, we got beat in the first game. I've had two draws, um, but overall, the performances in the three games are being very good. Keep doing the same, keep playing well. You know, hopefully, a result will come. You know, up against Callum Davidson this afternoon. You've got to perform at your best. You can't concede set plays. Uh, then, if Rangers have an off to yourself, they've got an off to you've got a chance of getting a result. I think when that doesn't happen, then it's always an uphill struggle. So to, to lose two set play goals. Like, Ibrox uh, makes it a real, real tough one. I think that goes for any of the old firm games. Uh, those things have got to be done better. Uh, and I'll remind that to the players. Uh, any game, really, but uh, set plays are vital. We don't give away cheap free kicks. I mean, Mark Bell in the box. Uh, Ross County, Dundee United in the Highlands. Roger Hannah's keeping an eye on it. And Roger, it's funny because Gordon Dale was just saying to me before we came in that he would have gladly taken the hit and, and made the drive this afternoon and covered that game for you. 
Well, listen, to be very fair to him, he did phone me this morning. It was a good luck message. He was just making sure I had enough diesel and enough provisions for the trip. So it, it, it's always nice to know that somebody's thinking of you. He wasn't at all taking the mickey at the fact I was away so early this morning. And he was still, I think he was involved in a neighbourhood watch meeting or something he was telling me this morning. So he's, he, he, he's been busy in, in his own right. But listen, this is the match of the day. I don't mind coming up this far. And I say that, Gordon, because by 10 to 5, Ross County could be top of the Premiership. They've taken seven points from nine so far. They're behind Rangers and Hibs, but Hibs don't start to 5.30 Rangers don't play to tomorrow, so Stuart Kettlewell's new look side could be top, he's made a couple of changes again to the side that was held at home here by Kilmarnock in midweek, but Ross Stewart who scored that late penalty and also scored the penalty on the opening weekend against Motherwell, he starts again, and Billy McKay is back in the side as well, a former Dundee United player and the match winner at Hamilton seven days ago, they're looking to build on an outstanding start to the season up here, it is Ross Laidlow in goals, same back four, Connor Randall, Cole Donaldson, another former United player, Alec Iacoviti and young Josh Reid just in front, Ross Draper has scored his first goal in three years against Kilmarnock on Wednesday night. He's in there with the captain, Ian Vigers. Then it's Michael Gardley and a third ex-United player with Harry Payton and Ross Stewart behind Billy McKay on the bench. Doohan, Tremarco, Shaw, Erwin, Mullen, Watson, Kelly, Tilson and Charles Cook. As for United, well, Mickey Mellon still searching for his first victory as Dundee United manager. Lost at home on Tuesday night to... Hibernian, they've started okay, but they do miss the goals of Lauren Shanklin, and rather surprisingly, with Shanklin still out injured, there's no place today either for Nicky Clark. We believe United are altered from the 3-5-2, they've played a couple of times this season, we believe they're going to match up in a 4-2-3-1 against County this afternoon. It's Benji Seagrace in goal again, it's the back four of Luke Bolton, Mark Connolly, who signed a new three-year contract with United in midweek, skipper Mark Reynolds, and then Adrian Sporl, who's in at the left back for the injured Jamie Robson. Just in front, Ian Harks and Callum Butcher, and then Kieran Freeman, Peter Pollitt and Logan Chalmers behind the striker Louis Perry On the bench, Mehmet, Powers, Clark, Cami Smith, King, Glass, Mochre, Graham and Nielsen. The referee up here in Dingwall this afternoon, Gordon, is Craig Napier. And that's you up to speed with team news ahead of the three, three o'clock kick-offs. Hibs against Motherwell comes a bit later on. So Hamilton, St Mirren, Kelly, St Johnson and Ross County, Dundee United up first. Now at this time on a Saturday, we always get all the guys involved. We take a look back on some of the week's biggest stories. And this week is no different. Volleyball and golly plus the Aberdeen 8 charged. Um, by the Scottish FA for breaching their disciplinary code Disciplinary action also facing Aberdeen and Celtic The clubs, uh, this lot fell out on this issue last week So let's see how they get on this week We'll discuss that next Action as it happens And your reaction from five on the open line This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Building up to kick off between Hamilton St Mirren Kilmarnock St Johnston and Ross County Dundee United Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevens in the studio We've got the top team all around the grounds as well But at this time on a Saturday We always pause and look back on some of the week's biggest stories We don't even have to really look back Because this one is ongoing news yesterday that volleyball and golly plus the Aberdeen 8 facing disciplinary action from the Scottish FA for their coronavirus breaches also Celtic and Aberdeen the clubs um, could face disciplinary action separate disciplinary proceedings from the SPFL uh, Hugh Keevans take us away on that one well uh, I think we've had a bad week uh, I think we've had a pathetic pandemic in Scottish football uh, we've gone from the court of session in Edinburgh to the Holyrood Parliament to be scolded by the First Minister and told we're all on a yellow card. My general overview of what is going on at the moment is that the clubs, all of them, agreed a pact with the government and the football authorities. 
And that was that they would create Biosecure hubs Inside their football grounds And at their training facilities And I believe that the clubs have done that I don't believe It's right to punish Aberdeen and Celtic Severely Because of the actions of 8 Aberdeen players And volleyball and golly They are as guilty as can be And they will have to take whatever is coming to them But I believe that football Is keeping its bargain In the COVID-19 crisis With the government And with the football authorities And I think that some people Are dedicated to using this particular issue To try and influence The shape of the league table That for me is shameful Uh, Mark Guidi, Roger Hanna, Fraser Wisher Out at the grounds Who doesn't think it's correct to punish clubs uh, For these breaches Would anyone like to disagree? No, I I think the rules at the moment aren't, aren't, Aren't fit for purpose the, the, the guidelines because we need to update them and it needs to include uh, what may happen if our game does get shut down what may happen under different circumstances so our authorities really need to sort it out and as I said in the programme on Wednesday night Gordon if we can give our clubs 48 hours to dis- to make one of the biggest decisions in Scottish football and that was call the titles and call relegation then we can through this fate put something in place that updates our rules and regulations because if we keep going the way we're going and I think we'd all agree it's very difficult it'd be very hard to see Scottish football going unscathed for the next 36, 37, 38 weeks then what we have in place just now doesn't cover what could uh, could take and that is going to lead to all sorts we will end up back in court that is for, for sure and the game will be in total disarray because we all know what's at stake we all know how it will play out um, and we can't afford to let that happen Things need to be put in place Now and every day that passes by You're putting everything in jeopardy now, I'm thinking more about punishments though I'm, I'm actually going to be optimistic I'm assuming that we do finish the season I'm actually for once not concerned That you know we have to call the league or anything like that I'm, I'm talking about punishments for breaches Ball and golly, the Aberdeen 8 Whoever it may be Is it right to punish the clubs For those misdemeanours Mark? Uh, eventually I would put new rules in place Gordon yeah And I would start Well, it's... Um, for example, the other night, I would have given St Mirren a victory against Celtic, Hamilton against Aberdeen, St John's against Aberdeen, etc. I think rules need to be put in place now because finding clubs and different things, this season we need to be really, really strong. And I get it, the clubs are doing everything they can, Hugh is absolutely right, and I have sympathy for them. But it will, if, if things aren't strict, stricter and put in place, it will blow up uh, in the face of Scottish football it absolutely will and I think the strictest measures unprecedented measures need to be put in place for this season what, To what extent though Mark can we'll just take the Celtic case in isolation they have the biosecure hub at Lennox Town and at Celtic Park they are meeting the costs of the, the testing they are doing everything asked of them by the football authorities and by the Scottish government To what extent do they deserve to be punished for the actions of one player who deceitfully and arrogantly takes himself off to Malaga? Is it right to have points deducted for the misguided actions of one individual when Celtic are dealing with so many individuals at Celtic Park and doing their job properly in that regard? No, listen to you, I I don't think it's it's fair um, to punish them, but likewise... You know, if we have a bad winter and there's fixed congestion, why should a club like like St Mirren or Hamilton or St Johnston, why should they face a fixture pile-up through no fault of their own? Well, the St Mirren manager, Jim Goodwin, was the first to say that he didn't think that clubs in general, 
as a matter of principle, should be dealt with. The individuals deserve all they yeah, get. It's not about the football minds, it's about our authorities putting things in place. You And let us say just now, our guidelines, our rule book at this moment, considering we're in a pandemic and it is ongoing, and more things are likely to happen. Remember, we've got an international break coming up at the start of September, <coughs> where normally players will get six, seven, eight days off if you're not involved in international football. You go to tell me 200 Scottish football players in the top flight are mm. going to be able to, yeah, but to, to follow every guideline. But, but so what I'm saying is it needs to come from our authorities. Now, I would go as strict as I've said. If they don't do that, that's fair enough. But something has to be updated. We can't go with what we've got. Just is, is that not we're leaving the, ourselves wide open. Is that not the whole point though Mark Guidian without prejudging it whatever punishment if any is handed to volleyball and golly or the Aberdeen eight, and, and again I'm totally hypothetical say it's a five game ban is that not the bit that stops players going away during the international break well you'd like to think so yeah let's hope so Roger well I think the Aberdeen eight and volleyball and golly have been guilty of utter idiocy however I'm slightly concerned about the motivation behind the charges yesterday Gordon if the Aberdeen eight and Aberdeen as a club were guilty of a breach of rules. Why were they not charged the Monday after the infamous Saturday night out? If volleyball and goalie and Celtic were guilty of a breach of SFA rules, why were they not charged on Tuesday morning? It seems to me that the football authorities are bending over backwards to please Jason Leach and Nicola Sturgeon. And after she flashed her imaginary yellow card the other day, they're just saying, oh, listen, yeah, we'll charge them, we'll charge them. Celtic and Aberdeen should get the best lawyers into this and be acquitted when they appear before this SPFL disciplinary tribunal. It's a nonsense. They have done absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, I spoke to other club chairmen and chief execs yesterday who tell me that Celtic in particular led the way in terms of testing protocols and helped other clubs set up adequate testing procedures to satisfy the SPFL and the SFA. So, you know, Fraser and with his union hat on, may well agree or might disagree. But I, I, I'm not comfortable at the motivation for the charges yesterday that suddenly, a couple of weeks down the line, the people at Hamden decide, oh, um, I, I think we should maybe we should maybe charge them with something and that will keep Jason Leeds sweet, sweet for a week or two. What about what's happened in the lead up to that though, Mark? Because the, uh, Roger, because the Scottish government clearly aren't happy and the Scottish footballing authorities were told to, to go and do something to enforce this. So whether that was the right yeah. enforcement or not, yeah, that, that's open for debate. But they kind of had to. But I'm not too. Com- I've never been comfortable with sort of retrospective things like that. If they had drawn a line yesterday to say from now on, and Mark's quite right, they do need to change the rules. But they need to say from now on, if a player contravenes this, this is what you're going to get. Be it the, the five game ban that Jim Goodwin was talking about. Be it one game. Be it eight games. Whatever they choose. And they, they, they need to outline to clubs that you are or are not responsible. It's a bit like the strict liability for fans. Should clubs be held responsible? Should it be strict liability for players? Because in the past it hasn't been. If a player from Celtic and Aberdeen goes into the centre circle and kicks Willie Collum in the shin, they'll get a 10-game ban. The club aren't held, held responsible for an individual's actions. Fraser? I think in terms of clubs, I think we have to be very careful going down a route of awarding points. Um, the, the, I said last week, the work that's been done by clubs across the board to create a biosecure environment, including for me sitting here at Hamilton, has been unbelievable. And I think that's the, the thing that often goes unseen, is the work that football clubs have, 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 uh, have done. And uh, let's be honest here, 
the chances are that somebody else, we've already had coaching staff pick up uh, COVID as well, just through life in general. Uh, we've got problems, I've seen at Atletico Madrid, at Bilbao, Umtiti at Barcelona, Salford and Hull, rugby league clubs. We've had it down in England where people do pick up COVID-19. So what do we do? Every time two people pick up COVID-19 for going to the shops, then do they get punished? That So we have to be very careful because then you get the old what about three, you took points off them, but no, didn't take points off the others. So I, I think we have to be very careful going down that route. And I, and I do agree with Roger in terms of retrospective punishment, you know, um, I'll be very interested, and we'll be speaking to the clubs and the players, so I don't want to make too much detail because it's a live matter. We're interested to see what they've actually done in terms of breach of, of, of rules uh, and protocols, which I understand perhaps may not be in place that, uh, that between the clubs and the government. But uh, if there is something that I'm un- is unknown, I'll, be, I'll look forward to seeing it. So we will certainly have our lawyers looking at it. I'm sure the clubs will have their lawyers looking at it as well, uh, just to, to, to protect the players and advise the players. I, I do think from a player's perspective, though, um, you know, the players have, have suffered. Whatever people think of what they did and what they haven't done, and, and there's all sorts of views on that, they have suffered. It's been a real difficult time for them. You know, they're isolating many of them on their own, and it's not been easy for them. And, and I, I do agree with Dave Cormack, who's saying, listen, there needs to be a line drawn under under the criticism. We need to try and find an end to this and move on. Unfortunately, the SFA have chosen to charge the players and this will become a live story and just continue for weeks on end. So I'm not sure where, where we're going to go with this, but I look forward to seeing the, 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 the stuff during the week. But well, I do feel for the players. You know. The players will know the their fate. The As you know, Fraser, the players will know their fate on the 28th of August because that's when they appear at Hamden. Uh, I do agree that we have to be careful. We call the SFA and the SPFL the governing bodies. Football has to take responsibility for football and be the governing body if the government crank up the situation on a weekly basis by first of all using the expression all bets are off and then the following week that changes to you've got a yellow card Uh, football I believe as I said at the outset football has kept its pact with the government and the football authorities there is nothing that I know of that has come up at a football ground or at a training facility. The clubs are spending lots of money to maintain the protocols and they are doing everything within their power. But individuals went out and blatantly, arrogantly breached the protocols. However, if there had never been a pandemic and an individual at Aberdeen or Celtic had gone into Union Street or Argyle Street and committed assault, the club wouldn't be in the dock. The player would, and justifiably. I'm with you, Hugh. I do. I totally agree with you. I I've been to the games, Gordon, and I think it was Roger or Fraser said that the work that goes on behind the scenes, even to get us guys in there and keep our safety, is incredible. And the work that they're doing. So I think this looking at it as a strange situation. I think it's an individual one. It's down to players. I think the clubs can do. Hugh's right. You cannot be held responsible and points. Uh, uh, deduction and everything like that for, for what you try to do the best and you've got an individual on his day off or the Aberdeen guys that go to the pub and break the rules now as much as Fraser say well you've got to feel you know sometimes a bit sorry for it. there's millions of people self-isolate everybody's been in the situation these guys are very lucky they've got the opportunity to get back to a job that you know they love doing it's a fantastic job so 
They've got to act responsible. So for me, as individually, I, but good, going back to that point, guys. I think last week most people in the show were quite critical of the players. Now we're a week down the line, and I think that is a point where you have to start. They are human beings. Mm. They have to have that human element. You the know? language being used, we do let ourselves down as a country course. at times, don't yeah. we? Some of the language being used has been over the top. You'd have when to I, say. When I heard uh, Dave Cormack speaking, uh, that that bit that he put out there talking about people's well-being and all that, there has to be an element of that as well. We have to get the balance right, guys. By all means, have a go, and that, and I think that's the place. Now going back to the governing bodies. We, this is a problem they have us now They're actually putting the rules in Hugh, We had a conversation going back On Monday night About oh. putting rules in After the season has started We did didn't we yeah, And I'm yeah. saying to myself So now to put this in place uh, it's uh, Are you, are you talking about Are you talking about For the clubs or the players though The because clubs Gordon, Sorry the clubs right. Because, of, because yeah. the players Are most certainly going to get punished and Because I, I assume I Because bear in mind These players have been charged under the usual rules, you know, Rule yeah. seventy one, bringing the game into disrepute. That, yeah. That's not new. That was always, an, you know, it's always no. always there if, if needed. Uh, but, well, there are two set, separate yeah, the issues. The SPFL uh, are going to punish the clubs. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, in but terms how of can you put rules in for a club, Alec? No, what no, what, but, what but, rules but, can you put in for clubs that what, can do no more? But what I'm saying is, now, does further down the line, if the, if the clubs don't get punished now uh, for the misdemeanours by these two clubs, and then they review. The, the rules and go well actually because we need like, what I think it was market says we need these sanctions in place and he's got a point in terms of we read some we need stipulation in there to say don't mm. do it because the, the ramifications you've seen the, the preparation mm. it's amazing what they're actually done the clubs and is it deterrent uh, mm. enough to I, stop these players I, I, well, well, let the guys back in at the ground I can hear them trying to chip in and it's not always easy to yeah, pick out I, who's who's trying to speak I just want I just wanted to say go on, just to clarify uh, the point that I made Earlier, if a player picks up COVID innocently, like you say, you know, somebody's visiting or he goes to the shop, then you know, I'm not saying that you know that player should be hammered and and, and the, the team should lose points or, or lose a game if their game has to be postponed. I'm talking about acts of stupidity such as the Aberdeen eight and balling, balling goalie, you know, blatant defiance uh, of the rules. That's when I would say if that leads to a game. Um, being uh, postponed and that's when, when I would step in and also just to back up the guys too the clubs have been first class they've been absolutely brilliant in the, the way they've, they've organised everything financially putting things in place for the players the, the media hopefully the supporters could be back in the next couple of months and as well so the clubs have been first class but my main point is the people who run our game need to put things in place otherwise the government will just step in and you can see that some of them are itching to take control but if we put things in place, we can keep a hold of our game. Even if it steps out of line from within it, we can take a hold of the game. But if we don't put new things in place just now, we're handing over to the, to the government. And then she's absolutely right. All bets are off. Well, we are making the rules up as we go along on this one. That's clear to see. Again, though, as a general overview, I have nothing but regard for the way that the government, Jason Leach, etc., have attempted to safeguard public health point number one but if an employee of to pluck a name out of the air if an employee of Marks and Spencers uh, went out on the town and uh, was responsible for spreading COVID-19 action would be taken against that employee but the government wouldn't intervene with Marks and Spencers and I think football has to stand up for itself and tell the government that they have done everything they can, spent all the money they can on looking after the COVID-19 protocols at their grounds and at their training facilities, which was 
the bargain they entered into with the football authorities and the government. And the football authorities have got to stand by their clubs. Individuals who break the rules, as in any walk of life, they'll be dealt with and they'll deserve it. Roger and Fraser will give you a, a final say, Roger, if you want to kick us off. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a decent point. I think the SFA and the SPFL at some stage are going to have to stand up against the government for our game and stand up for their member clubs and the work that the member clubs are doing and have done so far. Um, because at the minute, the first sign of a, a frown on Nicola Sturgeon's face and uh, they're calling games off, they are issuing charges against players, they're issuing charges against clubs, and that can't go on. The other worry we have down the line now is for the lower league season, because if Celtic and Aberdeen are being called before Hamden for alleged breaches with all the work they're doing, how on earth do Scottish Government and the Scottish Football Authorities expect Championship, League One and League Two clubs to A, cope with the testing protocol and B, pay for the testing protocol? You know, I know you were debating with Mark Gordon whether or not the season will draw to a conclusion, whether we'll get a full season. I think there's a fair chance we'll get a full Premiership season. I'm not so sure there's a full chance, a real chance we'll get a full lower league season. I was just going to come in, Gordon, just, uh, you know, again, obviously, we're going to bite the players as a, as a union because, um, you know, and Gordon Dier was kind of dismissive there of the fact that, you know, other people are self-isolating. I get that. But these players have had to pick up newspapers, they've picked up social media, they've... Uh, Read stuff online, the government have weeded in, the SPFL weeded in as well, so they have had to take a lot of stick for, for their mistake. And listen, there's no getting away from what they did, and they themselves know they made a mistake. And Hugh uh, using words like arrogantly, I think all that kind of stuff needs to stop, and I think we need to try and move on here. And you know, what's one of the interesting questions is this week, people are talking to me and emails and media, etc., and, and other football people want to know who the players are that have the COVID. Not one person has actually asked how they are. And that, to me, is a wee bit worrying. And for, for the players' perspective, they've had to take it in the chin for, for a huge mistake that they've made. And I don't think they've even tried to defend themselves. Even their, their, their apology was thrown back in their face by many as well. So they have to have, find a chance of, of moving on here. And, and the final point I would make is I hope it's not lost on the government that football systems that they put in place have actually worked. And I made this point last week, and I think it's been missed. The whole point of having a biosecure environment is that the players know when they come to Hamilton Aki's here, that every single person around the, 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 the playing side of the, of the game has been tested, you know, and that, and, and the testing procedures are to pick up anything that does catch COVID, and it did it quickly. So from that point of view, that's something that shouldn't be missed when we're looking at football and giving football a yellow card, is the systems in place have actually worked really, really well, the systems that Aberdeen had in place. OK, we'll park that for the moment because we've got three big games and we'll go back around the grounds next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon Diel, Hugh Keevans, Alex Ray in the studio, the top team around the grounds as well as we build up to the three o'clock kickoffs. Fraser Wishart is at Hamilton against St Mirren this afternoon. A good game, uh, certainly a nice local one on our patch today as well. And uh, Fraser, lots of focus on St Mirren last season how well organised they were and, and how few goals they conceded they had an excellent defensive record 
And then attention this season turning to what, what can they do at the other end of the pitch? Can they be more productive in front of goal, especially in fixtures against teams that are likely to be there or thereabouts around them in the table? Yeah, you look at Simon's squad and, and you think that they're almost there. I think they've got a uh, good balance to the squad. They've taken out Sam Foley from the midfield. He's uh, the captain. He's a very experienced and key player, so that's a big decision to put back to centre-back where he played, he played last year, which I'm a wee bit surprised at because he's such an influential player. But uh, they do have a good squad and when you see some of the players that St Myrna have been linked with in, in recent weeks you know players who are playing across in, across in Europe and even Bio from Celtic trying to get somebody that's going to give them that spark they have good players up front Marias has got uh, plenty of pace and really good work rate and I like Obika you know it'd be great to play with play a very comfortable strong good touch with his back to goal but they maybe just need one more or sort of somebody to just give them that set, another another option you know somebody that's going to score them 10-15 goals this season and that could really take them up the up the table but uh, just watch them training they look really sharp I know that sometimes you can't read too much into that but right in front of me they were doing possession uh, in, a, in a big box and, and they were looking really sharp they look very happy as well so I don't know if that's a sign that they're going to do pretty well but uh, you know I, I just don't see there been too many goals in, in, in this game because Aki's will be very similar in terms of the way they, they line up and as I said earlier you're just hoping it plays a Templeton and McGrath and McAllister and there's a wider areas get plenty of the ball because it's two traditional 4-4-2s with wingers both teams and uh, you're hoping the wide guys young Lewis Smith as well who plays wide for, for Hamilton has got a big future ahead of him if these guys can get the ball and get to the byline get a few balls in the box we might see a few goals but I think it's going to be tight but I'm going to go for St Myrne to win it just by the odd goal I know it doesn't fit the unfair advantage narrative that sometimes surrounds these 3G pitches Fraser but if anything the Hamilton Actually have to try and make theirs a bit more of a fortress And Livy do it so well You look at the breakdown for Hamilton last season It was pretty much a 50-50 split With regards to the points they won at home Compared to the points they won away So actually there's, there's possibly scope there for Brian Rice To make it an even more difficult place to come to Yeah and they, they do play fairly direct at Hamilton at times you know. So I'm not sure the pitches get that much of an advantage And I'm not convinced You know, We've been on this show many times And representing players at the PFA etc About you know, the players don't particularly like playing on the, on the artificial surfaces but I don't think it's from a comp- competitive point of view I don't think it's a massive advantage Livingston used it the surface or used their, their style of play to, to, to great advantage last season but um, the, the one thing would be as I said earlier just keeping it moist is the problem on dry days like this because uh, they're designed to ship water so for all Hamilton they've got the sprinklers on and they have they've got tons of sprinklers on during this warm up as well all over the pitch within 15-20 minutes it'll be dry again and that's sometimes the problem is that the ball just sticks in, in, in terms of passing and running with it but uh, hopefully that won't affect the game today and we can see some goals uh, Let's keep going then around the ground kick off fast approaching Kilmarnock uh, against St Johnston oh, what is it again Mark the Billy Bowie Special Project Stadium have you got it written down? Yeah, the BBSP stadium rolls off packed. the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, BBSP. Yeah, rolls <laughs> right. off the tongue. Billy Bowie, big uh, benefactor to Kilmarnock. He's been he's been terrific for them for a number um, of years now. And you know we've got the the 4G pitch here as well. Gordon, as you know, very very dry. To sprinklers on a wee bit, but I wouldn't say they were on um, overly much there uh, in the past hour or so. So maybe Alex Dyer again, happy just to go for that uh, dry uh, surface. Uh, listening to to Callum Davison's uh, interview earlier he's clearly warned these players about the, the threat of Kilmarnock from, from set pieces so I think it'll be an open game today it's one that I'm looking forward to both sides trying to get their first victory league victory um, on the board but I've got a feeling this one will end up a score draw I'm going to go for a 1-1 Yeah I mean scoring goals on the road really was the problem for St Johnson last season the lowest in the league only 9 on the road last season um, but in a weird way Mark you go to Ibrox and lose 3-0 but can Callum Davidson take some 
Some positives from that You know A lot of, lot of Even neutral observers Acknowledging that St Johnson Started the game pretty well At Ibrox Yeah Henry had a chance Forced a good save From uh, John McLaughlin McLaughlin did another good save In the second half All week at that point It was it was 3-0 But I think what, what, what Callum's saying is, is You know Defensively The first goal The free kick Perhaps Alec Paris Could do better Although take nothing away um, From the finish It was a Top draw And uh, the, the third goal From the corner kick Just a flick um, head, I think you know St. Johnson would have been really, really angry uh, at the way that one was was defended. But set pieces so important at Rugby Park last Sunday. It was two set pieces that, that decided the game: a free kick um, and a penalty kick. So yet yeah, they are very important, and particularly when a surface uh, like today is is dry. So you know St. Johnson, though Callum Hendry is a threat, Craig Conway is terrific for them, and Michael uh, O'Halloran after he he let um, people down on the the opening day of the season with with his red card, he'll be looking to make amends today. Yeah, Ross County against Dundee United up in Dingwall. Uh, Roger Hanna, he was one to watch last season already, but I wonder if, if Ross Stewart's got the potential to kick on even more and really impact our top division this season. Yeah, he definitely has. Um, I think Stuart Kettlewell will be alarmed that the transfer window is open until October the 5th because by that stage, teams in the Championship and League One in England will be back playing again. Um, I know he's on the radar of a few teams down there as well as teams up here. And he's, he's a lad who's done really well. He sort of fell out of football in his late teenage years, resurrected his career through the juniors. I think it was Ardeer and co-winning Rangers and clubs like that. Uh, Albion Rovers. It didn't really make it at St Mirren, but he's grabbed his second chance at Premiership football. Already two goals this season, albeit both from penalties. But he looks the kind of guy who has all the attributes that he could kick on and play at a higher level, Gordon. Yeah, the, the strange thing about Dundee United, Roger Everyone was telling us in the summer That their chances of success Or relative success in the top flight Hinged on Can they keep Lawrence Shankland or not? They've started the season pretty well And he's barely kicked the ball yet Yeah, well, I think their chances As with the chances of all the teams in the bottom six Rely on how many goals they're going to get Obviously Shankland scored an awful lot For them in the championship title winning campaign last season um, I'm quite surprised though that A couple of times this season Including today when he's been out, Nicky Clark left in the bench as well. Um, Mickey Mellon's come in, he's had a completely new look at the squad, the squad that Robbie Nielsen brought up, and has made a few, you know, he's tinkered a little bit with it. We believe he's gone from the three that he had in the last couple of games back to a back four. He doesn't have Ryan Edwards today, he doesn't have Jamie Robson today, they both miss out with injuries. So this is maybe an enforced change, but no Clark up front. We think Louis Appery is going to lead the line today with the likes of Peter Pollock given the task of trying to get close to him and trying to trying to get the goals that could get them at least a point this afternoon here. And of course early in the season we're learning about new players, new managers as well. Mickey Mellon's come in, Roger, with that familiar accent. He's clearly from this part of the world but has never played or, or worked here at all really and uh, seems like a, a pretty straight talker so far. I think a lot of people are, are impressed with what they're hearing from him. Yeah, and I don't think the fact that he hasn't been involved either as a player or a manager in Scottish football in the past should really be held against him. He's a, a, a very good managerial record in the lower leagues in England. Um, he saw his Tranmere Rovers team who he led to back-to-back promotions into League One. They went down on a sort of points-per-game basis when the League One in England was called early and he just felt he was looking for a clean break, he was looking for a new challenge, he's found this challenge at Tannadise, he started okay, he's assessing the squad, I wonder though once he has assessed it, whether he will feel he needs one or two or three more just to make sure United have enough to stay up and whether or not they might need to sell Lawrence Shanklin to fund that. Fast approaching kickoff at in Dingwall, sorry, Ross County, Dundee United, Comarnock, St Johnston and Hamilton, St Mirren, we've got a big game later on, we've got a 
big game tomorrow We've got a first half teaser It's all happening And we'll do it next The games are over The talking begins 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Full time scores from the Scottish Premiership Hamilton 0, St Mirren 1 Kilmarnock 1, St Johnston 2 And Ross County 1, Dundee United 2 What did you make of today's action? What are your thoughts ahead of tomorrow's action? And what about the other big stories Doing the rounds in Scottish football? Potential punishments for coronavirus breaches Not only for players but for clubs as well Let's do it all 0141-951-1025 In the company of Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevans Three away wins today so is that created by good play Or is that created by a lack of atmosphere Inside football grounds Is home advantage a thing of the past Well we deal with Covid-19 Can Motherwell make it four away wins By winning at Easter Road uh, That's the football side of it The other side of it is that What's happening with uh, volleyball and golly In the Aberdeen 8 Is starting to cast a shadow Over Scottish football for me And we now have An issue Who's running the game? The government? The SFA? And or the SPFL? Who is it? Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the results today, Hugh. You're absolutely right. Uh, Dundee United continue to impress under Mickey Mellon. Four minutes after Nicky Clark was substituted onto the pitch, he scores a winning goal. That's good management for you right there. Impressive by St Mirren. Two wins out of the first three games. Tony Fitzpatrick might just be right in the top six this year, Hugh. <laughs> and then you're obviously looking at the other one, uh, Ross County. Sorry, uh, Kamarnock. Uh, we did say that we bring bringing him on to consolidate. And unfortunately, St Johnson's got the winner. I like that about Nicky Clark. Jim Duffy was talking about this the other night. If you bring on a sub and he oh. scores, is that good management or is it bad management for not starting him in the first place? Good management. Yeah. It's got to be. Good, yeah, yeah. good okay. management. Super sub. There's you can certainly who... spin it both ways. Oh, yeah, of course you can. Oh no, I think. That's that's what I look here. what you've done. You should have been. You should have been on for the start. No, if, because you probably subbed him. You need one bit sub. I, mean, I think you've, three by then. You've got to get a freshness. You've right, got okay. to get someone different. I'd give them a different. Just causing Problem. trouble 01419511025 What is on your mind? And of course Alex a Big game tomorrow yeah. Because when you look at the league table The sides that have played four times None of them have managed to overtake The two that have played three times So the yes. table at the moment Rangers still top on nine points Hibs still second on nine points So like I say The teams that have played an extra game Haven't managed to do enough to get Above them Even before that Those game in hand Kick yeah, off Yeah absolutely Gordon it's, it's about trying to get That fourth win Gordon And uh, you know Hibs have got the opportunity To do it now uh, Rangers will be looking To do that tomorrow And then obviously Celtic when they get up And running next week Will be trying to do catch up Yeah I think points on the board early Is very important um, Hibs mother Well I think this has got To be a real good game um, Hibs have got off to an absolute flyer Everybody likes the look of the, the, the Hibs side And what Jack Ross has brought to Easter Road um, Good, good balance, Daza yeah, yeah, you've got to say they have got a good balance in their team But uh, Steve Robertson looking for a big re- reaction And tomorrow's game um, I know a lot of people are saying about how difficult it is to go to Livingston It is difficult for the you know Celtic Rangers But I just think the forum Rangers are in the tweak of the formation this season, the the players, the competition for places as well certainly helps. Uh, I just think they'll have far too much. This whole thing's about mind games between Rangers and Celtic. And if Rangers want to crank up the mind games, they make sure they go to Livy, overcome the horrible pitch, overcome players who are inferior to the ones that they have uh, and start that 
11 point lead ball rolling Right 0141 951 1025 Let's get stuck in with Thomas in Rob Royston Hi Thomas Good evening lads I hope you're all safe Thank yep. you Thomas Thank you Thomas How's things at your end? Good, all good. Oh good thanks Good Guys the question I'd like to ask you tonight is This situation with bowling goalie Okay He's left the country and came back in who reported the fellow and who knew the information about him and why did they wait to the man played at Celtic before he was reported? Because I can tell you, I came back into the country two weeks ago and I was told by the control to quarantine. So somebody must have known about this fellow coming back into the country. Well, we couldn't give you a factual answer to that because I, for one, do not know. Uh, but Celtic uh, have accepted that Bolongoli has done wrong. Uh, they are livid and appalled to use Neil Lennon's two words and it's less important who told on him than what happens now Celtic are fortunate they can, they can ban the SFA can ban Bolingoli for a year and it makes no difference he'll never be seen in a Celtic jersey again um, but the, are you Thomas suggesting that somebody Celtic knew? Not, not at all what I'm suggesting is Others who reported the fellow must have known when he's returned back into the country that he's broke the rules. And why wait till he's plays in the game on the Sunday and then report him? When did it come out? The Tuesday or the, the Wednesday? It was it Monday, Hugh? I think the Monday yeah, night. Well, but I don't think, obviously, the one thing for sure is no one at Celtic knew because no. he would not have been anywhere near Rugby Park. So I don't know. I, I think Hugh's right and we can't give you an answer to that, Thomas. But... Uh, it's an incident hmm. that has really shocked his football Thomas, Thomas, everyone comes on here And there is an underlying reason for your question What do you suspect? I don't suspect anything To be honest with you what It's reported in the paper So this is it, it's, uh, Roger Hanna there Roger Hanna must have brought the news He's from the Sun he's So when did here. he get the information? I, no, he's not Well, there was a photograph in the Daily Record Front page of, I think the Scottish Sun broke the story first yeah. Um Again, when was that phone call made? Who knows? It's difficult, Hugh, because I'm now sort of speculating genuinely without having any clue. I'm not basing this on any knowledge. The person who got in touch with it was it someone who got in touch with the newspaper because they saw him come on against Kilmarnock and thought, oh my goodness, I, I saw that guy on the flight. Well, again, I, I genuinely don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the Sun online broke the story at 10 o'clock in, uh, at night. The Daily Record then had a photograph of him taken on the plane. So somebody on the plane knew. That was Bolly Ball and Golly And uh, took his photograph Now as I say You can come at me with any plot That you have in mind I don't know who told anybody All I know is that Celtic Have accepted mm. that he has done wrong Ball and Golly has clearly had to own up Once he was confronted by Neil Lennon and Peter Lawwell Celtic as I say Are in the fortunate position of Ball and golly can get banned for a year And it makes no difference But the question with regard to Celtic Is that what culpability What rate of culpability do they have And I don't think it's fair to ban the club Or to be too severe in your punishment of the club I get why people are interested In, in some of the background story Thomas or, or some of the inside information But is any of this anywhere near as important As the fact that he broke the rules and, and, and that's really the main issue Gordon, the question, why I'm asking the question is if somebody known, I'm not, I'm not blaming Celtic in this part, I'm, if the person who'd known about Bowling Goalie coming back to the country and realised he was playing for Celtic and waited for the information to be released after he's played, why would somebody do that? This is the question I'm asking. 
But again, I, I come back to you. you You've got some <laughs> plot in mind no, here no, To be fair, Thomas is saying he doesn't he's, But again I, I kind of repeat what I said there That might be of interest to Thomas I, I still feel like it's way less important Than the fact that he did it Alright, I'll, I'll speak uh, On behalf of myself This is what I think Thomas means <laughs> Thomas Thomas thinks that somebody has done this in the hope that Celtic will have to forfeit the points. Um, and that's the dark cloud that's all over Scottish football now. We've, I said last night, we've now got supporters Stasi. We've now got secret agents everywhere. The vigilantes are gathering. They're trying to get somebody into trouble. Anybody, anybody, anywhere. Uh, and yes, somebody knew that was Bolly Ball and Golly to take his photograph. I don't know what happened after that But Did they wait until they played And therefore This would be an even bigger Row Than it is And then you go back to It was on the park for three minutes And apparently You have to mm. be in contact with people For 15 minutes Before you can be in danger Of yep. passing on COVID-19 There's the medicine There's the science But I don't know who took his photo I don't know who informed the son but Celtic accept that he is in the wrong Forgive me for being overly simplistic on this Gordon If Bolly Ball and Golly either doesn't go to Spain Or decides to quarantine for 14 days when he comes back from Spain None of this matters This is yeah unimportant in the grand scheme of things Yeah it's unfortunate what's happened Gordon And um, obviously on the back of the Aberdeen situation The government has given football a yellow card And we've got to be really careful um, I, I've said for day one I agree with you in, in the fact that I don't know what else clubs can do Points reduction I'm not for at all I think that this is an individual As a player and a person To take the responsibility When you go to work They are, they are giving you every protection Every bit of information Everything you need to stay safe You, your family, your friends and everyone So it's an individual No one will ever know Why Bollingolly decided on a day off I'm going to jump on a flight and go to Malaga I have no idea Yeah, listen, I think, I think he's, uh, it's well documented Gordon, I don't think he's any uh, argument About the, the punishment that's coming his way And, um, you know, it's it's effectively ended his Celtic career. I'm absolutely certain that he will go out, whether that's in loan or, you know, maybe even something a wee bit more serious. Uh, you talking about being sacked, Alec? Well, I've been speaking to a few friends, uh, potentially. But me, me personally, you know, he's got a living, he's made a mistake and it may be a case of going loan would be the better option. I think that's the only option, Alec. Yeah. I think that... Um, you know, get your three million back, that's uh, sure. Well, there's a big investment put into him. I think the best action for everyone concerned is... Get him out and loan. Uh, they pay their way, uh, his wages, and then hopefully it puts him in the eye for someone to Maybe come and pay a couple of quid to Celtic, and that's end his Celtic career. There is, there is yeah, links. links with yeah. with France at the moment, so wait and see if they materialise. Uh, Thomas, how do you feel about the news yesterday that the SPFL uh, could potentially punish Celtic and Aberdeen as a club for these misdemeanours? Is that fair? No, I don't. I don't blame the clubs for reaction. What's happened to these guys? I do agree with the club maybe finding the guys and giving the money to the national health. That's a good idea. Maybe the players should be banned for four or five games. That's a possibility. I would agree with that. But the clubs know, as the people say, they're human beings. Once they leave their workplace, you don't know what they're going to do. Simple yeah. as that. And uh, you know, Fraser Wishart's a way to speak to the managers at, at, uh, 
Hamilton against St Mirren So I can't ask him this right now But something that was brought up earlier Hugh And it will be interesting to see how this plays out Because You can correct me if I'm wrong This was my interpretation of what Fraser said You know he mentioned About They're going to be having With his PFA hat on They're going to be having a good look At what exactly The Aberdeen 8 Or Volleyball and Golly What did they breach To End up with a football sanction because what they breached was government health advice They didn't uh-huh. quarantine for 14 days They went out to a pub in a, a group of seven households, eight households Which you're not allowed to do That's where, for instance, the police come and get involved Like they did with volleyball and golly um, How does that translate to a football charge, a football punishment? And that's going to be interesting to see In the case of ball and golly, he's in the wrong Because he came back and played in a football match Now, as I say... I'm not a clinician I know, only know what I read or hear And he was on the park for three minutes And apparently it takes 15 minutes of human contact For you to be a spreader So Ball and Golly though Did go abroad To a country where you have to come back and quarantine for 14 days Did not do it Did not tell Celtic And then allowed Neil Lennon To not only put him in the squad But put him on the park so he's as guilty as they come. Uh, the Aberdeen players, I think it's a matter of uh, the optics, as they say. Uh, they've gone out on the town. Uh, they can see what they like, but they're all at one table in breach of the rules and have gone on to a pub in breach of the rules. Uh, they have caused the Scottish government to react and in a manner which caused Nicola Sturgeon to say, all bets are off now. Uh, but you're right In their case They have breached no football rules They have breached government health rules See see, from a, a football perspective You know when you're looking at your Celtic With the preparation and pre-season friendlies Then you have the Aberdeen scenario as well Gordon it must be an absolute nightmare For both managers who have actually prepared And now they're having to hold fire And try and get uh, back up to speed with these games And catching up Yeah I mean because we t- we're talking about clubs as a whole And we're saying Because by all accounts And I know people don't People don't care because we've all got our own football tribalism going on by uh-huh. the sounds of things on Twitter and on the phones. Um, Celtic and Aberdeen have apparently, by all accounts, been at the forefront of this stuff. The port protocols have been great and that's where some people are saying, mm, you know what, a bit of sympathy with the clubs because they're doing a lot right and they've been let down by individuals. What about the footballing impact? Again, yeah. we can't we can't prejudge this, but imagine this comes back with a lengthy footballing ban for half of Derek McInnes' team. I'd be an absolute nightmare Can you imagine Eight players who Who are not Available for Even if it's five games uh-huh. What impact does that have To Derek McInnes's Chances of getting As far up the table As he can You know It'd be an absolute nightmare Yeah I would end with no points uh, So far um, I go back to the point I made earlier in the programme For me The clubs Made a pact With the Scottish government The SPFL And the SFA That they would create Biosecure hubs at their grounds and at their training facilities. And I believe that all of the clubs have adhered to that and have adhered rigidly to that. But do you not think the mistake, Hugh, is that during that, with all the agreement, they should have... Are you telling me that they thought for 38 games, for a full season, that someone was not going to somewhere down the road break the rules or get caught breaking the rules? And in this day, this... With, with Twitter and the phones and everything yeah, but Surely surely they should have put 
rules into place rather than now wait till something's happened. Well, two things have happened, and then decide, well, we're going to put a rule. But, but, that's what, but uh, are you talking about the players or the clubs? Because the Scottish FA, I can't speak on behalf, but I would imagine if they're listening to that, they would say. The, the punishment of bringing the game into disrepute Has always been there Where are we getting this notion That it's been brought in retrospectively Well I, I think that There've got to be rules put in place And it should have been at the start For the punishment of players Gordon I, that's I, what I'm It saying, should that, have been that, set in stone that, but, well, Me the, personally I think It should have been set in stone Look no, But bringing the game into disrepute mm, is, is set in stone It's already It's already there So what, what's Aberdeen players punishment And Bollingolli's punishment well, We're going to find out Yeah but I, I just think they should, at the end of the day, I think they should have been right down the line for day one. We're now talking about bringing you, so in... So what Daz are you talking about? In ter- so if you say, if someone breaks the rules, it's a five game, five game automatic. Something yeah, like, uh, yeah uh, I think that should have been put in right away, Alec. And, this, and it's a different season. You know, it's, we're completely in a different world just now. And I think that the players should instead of us sitting there going, well, we're going to find out about Aberdeen, we're going to find out about Bob. But, that, but that's that. I mean, we're getting a bit carried away. That's the way disciplinary matters work. It's not like the Aberdeen players go out and all of a sudden an automatic ban gets triggered. There has to be a disciplinary process. There has to be a hearing. There has, there has to be a process that you go through. It's not like you go to Union Street and when you come back to your flat, you've got the ban that's come through the door while you've been out. But if you had a straight red for violent conduct, that's guaranteed three games, Gordon, isn't it? So you know you know the punishment for that yeah, particular... No, I'm, I'm just trying to think about an yeah. argument for you, uh, Let's speak to Alan down in Oxfordshire. Hi, Alan. Good afternoon. How's it going? Hi, Alan. Good. Oh, yeah, I just want to know really why or under what authority was the, the Celtic match cancelled uh, during the week? You know, Bolling Bolligoli obviously made a mistake. Um, and I understand that he had two tests since he, his Spanish trip. So why was the game cancelled? Well, well, was it just a punishment exercise? Well, uh, funnily enough, we, we pretty much asked that exact question to Jason Leach, Scotland's national director, when he was on with us, Hugh, didn't we, um, on Tuesday night. And this is where I hope I've remembered it correctly. He said something along the lines of, testing is good but it's not enough you have to test and adhere to all the other protocols that are in place i.e. quarantining when you come back uh-huh. from a country like Spain Volleyball and Golly did have two negative tests which is great but the incubation period could mean that technically he could still have the virus yeah, that, that was yeah. the gist of what Jason Leach said now, well, I, I understand that, but then why wasn't the Kilmarnock game cancelled? Well, again, uh, again, Jason Leach, and he, I'm going to agree with you at this point, Alan. Jason Leach said that's a judgment call. Mm. Well, I don't know what that means, to be honest, because Bolly and Golly played against Kilmarnock, but Kilmarnock can play. Bolly and Golly played for Celtic, but Celtic can't play. Uh, so I, I don't understand the concept of judgment call. Um, Judgment who, who made that judgment Well did, did, did Nicola Sturgeon Make that judgment I have no doubt well, not, not on her own But the, you no. know, the Scottish government Jason Leach uh, Joe Fitzpatrick yeah. Do you not think It was a bit of a marker For Celtic and Aberdeen here? Just to You know A boost. statement Yeah Because yeah, okay. Hugh's right I, I totally agree with him I, I couldn't understand why You know It's a judgment call On Kilmarnock And yet Celtic and Aberdeen Are not allowed to play so I think it's basically a statement and a firm statement to say it's not happening. Here's the, here's the thing, Hugh, because, and we, I'm sure we'll get Jason Leach back on another time to, to clarify this, 
He did use the phrase judgment call And you're right But he was only on for three minutes uh-huh. And I wonder if Is that what he means by that? Because Again Led to believe that The current medical advice is that that In theory shouldn't be long enough You know given yeah. the, the, the proximity towards the Kilmarnock players So they In theory should be okay But he didn't He didn't specifically say that He just said it was a judgement call But I wonder if that's what that, what that encompassed But again We're back to Who's running the show here um, Well he's He and they As in the government Are responsible for public health and Yeah But then As national clinical director Which he is uh, He was the one who also said On his time in the programme here uh, That it takes 15 minutes For The virus No he didn't say that on air He didn't say that on here I'm Pretty sure he didn't mm, Sure you've not I, heard that from elsewhere? Well I may have heard them say it in one of his um, yeah, daily Very possibly yeah. But As I say Judgement call Tends to jar with you And it certainly jarred with mm. Alan um, But Bottom line is Jason Leach Is trying to safeguard public health So um, Celtic have to deal with ball and golly The SFA Will deal with ball and golly what I'd like to get clarified, because the, the, the elephant in the room here is that people want clubs to have points deducted. They don't they don't care. For me, they don't care about public health. They're only interested in the league table and who's got how many points. Uh, and we have to clarify, is there any intention whatsoever of deducting points or what are the guidelines on this Particular kind of offence I don't think there can be And again this is me because We are in these What's that annoying phrase Unprecedented yes. times And all the rest of it I, I'm not really sure Where this has come from Hugh It seems to me Like it's a bit of a fan phenomenon And newspaper columnists And pundits may well You know Agree But St. Jo- um, Aberdeen against St. Johnson Takes place on Thursday night, does it not? Yes, it does. So there isn't, you know, that game's going to go ahead. It's going to be replayed. Is, is, well, am, I, am I missing something? I, again, again, in the interest of transparency, and everyone is saying, well, why weren't rules put in place? I think to knock this matter on the head, it should be made clear that there will be no points deductions, and this is why there will be no points deductions because you're going to have yeah. to take this matter out of the public arena because everyone is now running around trying to photograph a player. In a situation that would cause his club Possibly to have points deducted it's a, it's a fair point Hugh makes But do you see what I mean Alex Where I wonder if if that issue will It will quite simply have to disappear on Thursday night Because St. J- um, Aberdeen against St. Johnson yep. Was cancelled because, because of what happened with Aberdeen And some people out there are saying Well that means that St. Johnson should be awarded the points, the points yeah. But they're going to, the game's been rearranged for Thursday night So by my understanding Nobody is getting those points That game's been rearranged Yeah, and you're absolutely right No one will be getting the points, Gordon Because it's on Sky on uh, Thursday night So... <laughs> Uh, they're not going to play a game When there's no points up for grabs So I think that clears that up Hugh. Yeah. Right we'll leave it there Alan in Oxford In fact Alan we'll give you a final say If we didn't, we didn't speak to you for too long How do you, how do you feel about it? Thanks very much guys I'd just like to say one more thing I just, I just don't believe for a minute That nobody at Celtic knew That Bolly went to Spain What he, Does that mean he's got no mates? He doesn't live with anybody? I think I think I think Mark Wilson summed it up perfectly when he was at Celtic and my career was different. It was more Scottish guys in, but the foreign lads have come into the game. And Mark Wilson was saying at Celtic sometimes that you hardly interacted yeah. with the play. you only seen them at training. I mean, Alex having having been in the, yeah. the Rangers dressing room then at a similar time, similar size club, Mark was saying, you know, 
it's, it's a complete myth amongst fans He said there was guys in the Celtic team That he did not have their phone number And would literally never ever ever speak yeah. to them outside And had no idea what they were doing Go- Is that Go- fair? Gordon, I was the same uh, Ronald Varhus came to uh, to, uh, to Rangers And uh, just by chance he handed me a number When we were doing our pre-seasons But he'd been there for months uh, And I needed to speak to him later on I managed to get him So there was guys within that dressing room uh, Stefan Claus didn't mix with a lot of the guys either uh, I had a couple of them but it's not it's not the way it was years ago, Daz, but we were all in each other's So you think it's perfectly so just sorry Hugh, just to clear up. So you think it's perfectly conceivable that Bolly Ball and Golly does whatever he wants in his day off and, and no one would know about it. W- without doubt, Gordon, yeah. I, I, I totally wholeheartedly agree I with that. I think Alan's response is irresponsible and insulting. Are you telling me, Alan, that Neil Lennon deliberately endangered the health of all of the Celtic players? By including Bolly, Ball and Golly Knowing that he had been in Spain Are you telling me That Peter Lawwell Knew That one of the players Had been in Spain And had not quarantined himself And no, I didn't say that at all Yeah, I, yeah you I, did I said, that, I By, no, I by, I by say, implication I didn't, say, I didn't say Lennon And I didn't say Lawwell I said somebody at Celtic knew right. um, and, and that means to me That one of his His mates knew One of his One of his Fellow players May have known Right, now you've gone to May have known You started off with There is no way Okay we're going to have to Leave it there Very late for this break Alan in Oxfordshire Thank you for getting in touch At perfect time To get your call in We could be speaking to you next After they play You have your say 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Hugh Keevans is here Gordon DL's alongside him As is Alex Ray They're waiting on your calls And your tweets At Clyde SSB We've had three big games This afternoon Dundee United beat Ross County By two goals to one In Dingwall Kilmarnock lost 2-1 at home to St Johnston Kelly down to 10 men And Hamilton nil St Mirren won We've got a huge game kicking off in the capital In 2 or 3 minutes time Between Hibs and Motherwell And then tomorrow It's Livingston against Rangers So it's all going on Let's speak to Andy Who's a Rangers fan from Finiston What's on your mind tonight Andy? I'm just saying to the producer Dan I'm just quite happy now that the, you know, the position we're in, you know, having to play as many games as possible. I mean, because if you're, a, especially with this, uh, you know, this one leg Euro tie, you know, or Celtics having to miss it, you, if you're a Celtic fan, you, know, you must be raging because I mean, Celtics, they're going to go into this game rusty. And as I think I said a couple of weeks ago, this one leg affair kind of worries me a wee bit. I seen the Barcelona last night getting tanked 8 2, you know, I mean, I couldn't believe that result. Uh, Aye, so I'm quite happy uh, the way we are going just now, and as long as we, I know Celtic are expected to win again, but it does put a wee bit more pressure on them, you know. To, and obviously they're going to have to play more games, and it's going to be a tight schedule this season. It's going to be that same way, but more games in. So I'm quite happy with that. Well, for a start, uh, I can imagine that privately Neil Lennon will be absolutely raging that he has to approach this match against KR Reykjavik. Uh, not having had a game since last Sunday, Celtic. I can't say they look rusty at Kilmarnock because the previous weekend that they rattled in five against Hamilton Ackies and everyone said uh-huh. normal service has been resumed. So I don't think you're allowed to hide behind the excuse of rustiness the following week. Uh, but I'm no, sure. I think Andy meant going forward because I've had the two games mm, postponed. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I think Neil Lennon will be outraged by. By that and Bolingoli caused it. Uh, Rangers, of course, have momentum. Nine points, no goals conceded. 
uh, everything in the garden is rosy. So is that is that the way? Sorry, Hugh. Is that the way you see Alex? Ultimately, just a chance to to put a, a little bit of extra pressure. Yeah. Yes, Celtic might win the games anyway. We'll all play the same amount of games come the end of the season. Yeah. We hope. Um, but just the chance to just get that yeah, little marker doubt. down. And I think when you look back at last year, Gordon, I think it was. January Was it February That Celtic played An extra game And it gave them That little boost That extra three points I think it was Seven or eight points Over ahead And just psychologically You know I take the point That it's a wee bit Further down the line oh. But if Rangers Can manage to do that But they have to focus On each game As it, as it comes Because see tomorrow One way or another you, you know You have to overcome The elements That is the biggest Hurdle for Rangers Here tomorrow I think oh, the oh, biggest thing Sorry Hugh I think the biggest thing For clubs And everybody will tell you You're better playing the games Get the point on the points on right. the board yeah. And leave it to the catch up As much as I do believe Celtic obviously Will win them Will win them But You get the points on the board You sit back and say to Celtic now Right If we can get 11 If Rangers can get 11 points In front Say to Celtic It's up to you to go and win the game But It puts a little bit more pressure on But It's still early We've got a long season yeah. And I do expect Celtic to win the games but, anyway But if it is 11 points By the time Celtic kick off against Dundee United don't worry, subconsciously, it's there. You you know, I mean, I, I did say draws a calamity, defeats a catastrophe. Uh, when they go to play Dundee United at Tannadice, I know there are no people there, but if they are 11 points behind Rangers, subconsciously, that's in your mind. Andy, what do you think ahead of the game tomorrow at Livingston? Uh, well, I think we'll be okay. I, obviously, the pitch, I mean, it's going to be hard again down every east. I mean, some of the... He's asked a tough pitch, you know, it just seems to... I don't know the players, I think they've got it in their mind that oh, we're not going to play as good as we can. But aye, but we should be OK. The way we're playing, you know, I really do think we're, we're going to be OK. We've got goals coming in for, you know, three or four players, which is happy, defending quite well. So I, I'm, I'm quite confident tomorrow, but I don't... <laughs> I don't like to do content <laughs> Right Stephen Gerrard's listening And he can't decide Who to play between Balogun and, uh, Sorry between Hollander And Edmondson And he's just leaving it up to you Andy Who are you picking? I would, I, I would have uh, Hollander I would have him I, I mean What I've seen him In the first game I mean he was, had been played for God knows how long And then he came on It was Aberdeen He came on He had a great game uh, He played brilliant no, I, would, I would have him I would really have him uh, Played a lot of money For him as well And just get him up and again, you know what I mean. So I have a tough time, definitely. I can't, uh, dis- I can't disagree with you, Andy. As much how as how good this... would it be if in the post-match tomorrow, Stephen Gerrard says, "Do you know what? I was not sure, but Andy and Finnis and I heard them." Yeah, on the open line, yeah, and probably just, has and just swayed me. And plus, the fact he's listened to Alec as well, and I've backed Alec and Andy up, and I think it will be him that will play. Uh, let's hear from Stephen Gerrard ahead of the game at Livingston tomorrow. First and foremost, we welcome the battle. Um, you know, different teams bring different styles um, throughout the, the course of the season, but we certainly welcome physical challenges and we need to be ready for that. And we certainly don't have a problem with it, obviously, as long as it's in in a fair way. Um, of course, we know it's going to be a battle and it's a battle that we're going to have to stand up to. Uh, I think what's important in these games is that we, we deal with direct player times and we, we win our first duels, we win our second duels and positionally we're in the right places to to try and control the game because there will be moments and pockets of the game where the ball um, is not necessarily you know, in our style, if you like. Um, but we have to be um, capable of adapting within game to play different ways to get the right results. Thank you to Andy and Finiston for getting in touch tonight. We're underway at Easter Road a couple of minutes late, I would imagine. Hibs nil, Motherwell nil, just under two minutes on the clock. 
Anything that you've yeah. noticed so far? We're all over him, Gordon. Uh, it's looking positive from a motherwell side. No, the thing is, that's not even true, despite no, no, the no. fact that there's only a couple of minutes. No, but um, this has got to be. A, I think this will be a good game tonight. It'll be a tough game for Motherwell. They're looking for a bit of form. They need a result against an in-form Hibs and a very good-looking team Hibs. I've got to say, I'm very. What is in like handsome or? Yeah, <laughs> a good, good, good photo to get. But I'll tell you who I really like and really impressed with. It's, it's sort of been left backs for me for over Barisic I thought has been terrific right I've seen the best left back in the world last night Bar none I don't care who Argus Davis I'm going early with that one And I like the young boy that plays with Hibs left back Is it Doik? Doik, Doik. Yeah, yeah, He was very Doik. good last week Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm go- uh, So I'm, I'm a left back sort of a I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying the early exchanges Because it looks as if it's yeah. going to be kind of An open game going on You know both teams are trying to get the ball down and play Stephen Verlund took in that Took in? Stephen O'Donnell has taken a very good throw in So it's a good start to his career <laughs> uh, Jordan White d- tumbles No decision to be given Callum Lang remember back in uh, Stephen Robinson's got high hopes for him yes. uh, And he came good on things. in his debut And got sent off For the only involvement today The ball came into his feet And he spun away from Alex Gogic Yeah very mm. impressive Unfortunately for him The ball got caught under his feet But it was a good little bit of movement He actually looks a bright player Gordon I think he got caught up With the excitement of the whole thing Yeah no argument about uh, the red card Well I've got to be honest with you guys I, I've, you? I've seen some given And I've seen some not given And in well, this you, day, I think Alex is think, the risk. Compare it to the Kamar Roof The tackle on him the other night Well there you go You know you would say That was a more ferocious yeah, tackle but, but but what I'm saying is I agree with you I think the tackle on Roof is a, is a red card And that's why I'm saying okay. I, I don't think we've any arguments When the motherwell manager says It looked like a red card to me yeah. I dismiss the jury at that point <laughs> If the motherwell manager says that About a motherwell player End of story Do you know I love he that can be You've been talking about the, the jury The judge The sentence You've been on the last couple of days Brilliant uh, Let's speak to Dave in Alawa Hi Dave Hi guys, how are you doing? Hope you're well and safe, boys. Yeah, all good, thanks. Uh, bo- Thank you. With uh, ball and golly stupidity, there's no doubt we're going to have a backlog of games at Celtic. But here's my, my theory right now, and it's in my humble opinion, this is now a chance for Neil Lennon to bleed the youngsters now and give them a guaranteed game in the League Cup. Whether we go out in the first round or whether we go to the final, I think we should say to the young boys, this is when you will be able to show show your skills, ability, what you like under pressure in a game, and give them the guarantee. Don't change it if we get to the semis against Rangers or Aberdeen or whoever, or the final if we reach that. Make sure these young boys, your Karamokos, your O'Connells, all these young guys, let's see what they can do. In a pressure situation What do you think guys? I get the theory Hugh The thing for Celtic If it's the League Cup That Dave's talking about Is they're, they're not in the group stage Because they're, they're in Europe And yeah. then there's only A couple of rounds thereafter But what about the idea in general? Um, not for me um, Celtic will be hoping To get the quadruple treble They are potentially Two games away From the quadruple treble It's um, unlikely ever to be done again But they are obliged To go after Every other trophy in which they participate. So the the title. But Hugh. Yeah. But Hugh, the quadruple treble will be done in the Scottish Cup. I said the League Cup. Yeah, but you're not listening. No, but you're not listening to me. Once the quadruple treble, if if the quadruple treble is achieved, then yeah, the only thing a Celtic manager can do is to go for the quintuple. 
That's that. That's the way the, the 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 club works. That's the way the rivalry works. You don't suddenly decide, oh, in this tournament we will just play young fellas. It's just not and feasible. To, on top of that, Hugh, and I can totally understand what Dave's saying because you want young players to come through, get an opportunity, a league cup. Is that the opportunity? But with the size of the squad and the quality of the players that Celtic have got, you'll have to give players that have been sitting match time. Match time. So uh, what that then puts the younger boys back once again because these nine subs mm, yeah. that you know you're going they, to depend they, on. They, they have, point, they ha- they have put some players in over the course mm-hmm. where they've actually fired in young Dumbelli, Mikey Johnson a few years ago, uh, Calvin Miller, oh. and that, uh, a few years ago as well. So these guys were getting that. You know, because, I mean, in, in theory, Celtic do feel that someone needs a rest down the line. Uh, uh, you know, an experimental team could still have Cham Rogic. <laughs> Griffiths Griffiths Clamala Up front For instance Rogic For instance But to be fair Maybe maybe, maybe we're kind of in agreement Is that Is that what you mean as well Dave Rather than Just young young Academy players Wait Let's be honest Right From From the get go Neil Glennon's priority Would be to win 10 in a row You'd be all in agreement With that Is that correct Yep 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 Second, well, equal priority to that would hopefully make the Champions League. So that would be what he'd hope his first team players would be going for. That leaves the other two domestic trophies, the Scottish Cup, excluding this year's one, which is played over from last year. I'm not counting that. I fully expect them to go for that for the quadruple treble, as, as Hugh rightly said. But I feel that if because of ball and golly, we're going to have to play a lot more games. And it's it's a well-known fact that there's not a lot of time to to play these games. We could end up like the old, like, trophy day, going back to the English, where you're playing two games in a week, Tuesday and a Thursday. Now, if you're expecting your first-team players, excluding injuries and whatnot, you have to prioritise. It's as, it's, I would imagine you have to prioritise And for me If you say to the young guys I know that Neil Lennon probably won't listen to me I hope he doesn't right enough <laughs> uh, uh, that, that he would actually say to the young people The young guys in the, the team And the fringe players As you just rattled off a few of them there yeah. You guys have definitely got the League Cup See if you can bring that trophy You know And what a feather in the cap for Celtic If they did if they actually won the first domestic trophy of the season when Playing you, the fringe players When you are at Celtic and Rangers There is only one priority And that is to win every game In every competition And that there will be no youth team Or fringe players kept As a team for the third cup The Betfred Cup It'll be a while before we see Celtic Or any of the European uh, teams in the League Cup What a oh. chance And what a save We've had the Easter Road A diagonal from Declan Gallagher Finds Callum Lang Cuts into the box Curls it towards the far corner Every single person who's watching it Is waiting for the net to mm, ripple yes. And Marciano sticks out the hat What an incredible save that was Yeah it was remarkable And uh, you say what a chance For me he made the chance Because he'd done brilliant He was very direct Juked onto his right foot And then killed it right into the far post It looked as if it was in All ends up And the big chaps just get the big glove on it Yeah I think that's a positive start For Motherwell First uh, real opportunity And only for a goalkeeper It'd be 1-0 Yeah, that's what he's paid for <laughs> Yeah, you said it Hugh Goalkeepers win you a lot of points yeah. Yeah. Uh, To be fair though Because 
you know that wasn't necessarily one you'd expect them to make. That's a top save, is it not? Yeah, am, I being, am I oh, being I over the top? A, I think that's a terrific top save. Draw, top as draw. as a player, hitting that ball when that leaves your foot, you think it's in. You think that's in. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. You're being celebrating, yeah. Uh, ten minutes gone. Hibs nil. Motherwell nil. We'll take more of your calls next. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Hibs nil, Motherwell nil. Thirteen minutes on the clock. Um, a bit of a snap judgment so early in the game, Alex. But you would say that Motherwell looking a bit better than they have in the last couple of games. They they look on the front foot, Gordon. They're uh, getting the ball down. Nice little break there. They had an overload at the back post, but it was very good defending by the the Hibs fullback. I think it was McGinn. Yeah, Motherwell just fired oh, it towards the edge of the box, oh. and David Turnbull catches it, but it's blocked <laughs> um, by the Hibs defender. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's start hearing from some of today's managers, though. Uh, get a feel for how the games went. Arguably, the result of the day could it hang on to be the result of the weekend? Dundee United just promoted. No Lauren mm. Shankland again, and this time they've gone up to Dingwall and one up there. Two goals to one. Peter Paul and Nicky Clark with the goals for Mickey Mellon's side. Cole Donaldson had opened the scoring for County. Here's what the Dundee United boss made of it. Listen, we, we, I'm, I'm so pleased for the whole group. We came here today with a number of players who we would have to say in the, in the Scottish Premiership, young players that we've been able to bring through the academy and go out and perform like the way they did, is, is, apart from getting a fantastic result, is really, really pleasing. It is because Dundee United have always been able to dip into the academy. We, we all know that we invest really heavily into that. I've always said that I wouldn't be reckless with Dundee United in terms of look at Mickey Mellon he puts young players in no, they, I believe these young boys will go in and make an impact and give us a good chance of winning games of football and today they've shown that they can come in and do that for us so I'm delighted for, for the football club and the young players but the older players are not terrific they, uh, they keep the standards high and they, they treat them no differently they're expected to perform as well as what they did today I feel a little bit daft mentioning league positions after three or four games Hugh, I'm not sure it's, it's that important But to have seven points on the board after four games That would have suited Mickey Mellon anyway, I would imagine And like we said, add to that the fact No Lauren Shankland yet Which everyone said would have a, a massive impact On what Dundee United did or didn't do this season Yeah, you're right, it's not about the league table It's about the kind of mood that you've created early yes. on And uh, it's a positive one from Dundee United's perspective and funnily enough The last caller was Going on about Celtic Bringing in uh, Young players Now Mickey Mellon's Summing it up there He would he will bring in young players But he won't be reckless To use his word So There is a time There is a place And there is a number uh, But You don't flood the team with them But Again He's got Celtic next That will tell us a few Things about Dundee United However After the number of games That he's played yeah. The mood it's positive he'd be, he'd be absolutely delighted Hugh Because again The substitution worked today Seven points out of his first 12 You know and, and, and people were saying Where they're going to finish in the league It's a brilliant start And it buys you time Even though you're playing Celtic You know it's like a free hit Next weekend for them mm. Yeah Yeah I think uh, He'll be delighted with that Newcomers to the league Gordon They were excellent In the championship Big question mark Can they do it week in Week out In the top league So far They've got off to a terrific start New manager in there Different ideas and yes, we're all waiting in Shanklin coming back to see if he can put the goals in. So, um, yeah, as Alex said, it's a big game next week against yeah. Celtic. That's a different uh, test whatsoever. And uh, I think that Dundee United will be okay. I think they'll add to their squad, but 
top six. I don't. I don't fancy him for the top six this season. St. Johnson scored a ninety-fourth minute winner at Rugby Park. It ended up being a, a decent game there. We thought it was heading for a one-all. Comarnock were down to ten men. Ross Millen had been sent off, uh, and up popped Michael O'Halloran. Ninety-fourth minute winner. Here's the manager, Callum Davidson. It's funny because I'm a wee bit angry about first half performance. I thought we started second half quite well and then gave a really, really poor goal. So the character again against a team like Kilmarnock who defend really well and reorganised you know, uh, to score uh, last minute is also a little bit dramatic. I thought the quality in the first probably 60 minutes was poor into, into their box and it's something also to look at. But you know, I think we, we played really well uh, against 10 men. We had 10 men against Dundee United and sometimes it's really difficult to break down. So you know, to walk away with three points, uh, I'm obviously over the moon. I'm just thinking about how the afternoon played out I mean, Kilmarnock's such a difficult place to go As Celtic found out last week St Johnson go there and win And yet Gordon DL thinks they're going to struggle this season Yeah, I think I went a bit early about that way. <laughs> Prediction No, I keep saying it's a long way to go okay. I put it this way I didn't fancy them Kilmarnock won up at home 11 v 11 I thought they got their advantage with 10 yeah. They made it count All credit to them they kept going They get the last minute winner Three good points But I still think It'll be a long hard season For St John's I really do I've, I'm looking forward to seeing The red card Just to see You know if it was reckless You, oh. uh, you know a straight red uh, In uh, the driving position So Young Mullen Will be kind of disappointed It's quite straightforward for me For Callum Davidson He's gone and been savaged At Ibrox by Rangers And they've recovered from that And they've gone And shown Resilience to get a 94th minute winner at Kilmarnock on the artificial pitch. Uh, so, for me, they've gone from feeling poor about themselves to feeling good about themselves. Uh, Hibs nil, Motherwell nil, 19 gone. Motherwell forcing a, a series of corners, Alex. Yeah, I have to say, it's been really end to end stuff. I'm really enjoying Open it. Game, Alex. Oh, it's brilliant. And yeah. There's been a few games like that today. You know, we had Hamilton game, so many efforts at goal, crosses, corners, the whole shooting match. Motherwell are on the right hand side with Turnbull just about to fire it into the box uh, Just one of the s- smaller stories here that we haven't mentioned at all But someone just uh, reminded me of it on Twitter As Bevis McGabby sends a header so wide I think the out. ball had already gone mm. out of play um, Celtic getting players in during the week uh-huh. A Yeti, um, who else will follow? We'll, we'll wait and find out But trying to clear out some of those guys who weren't getting a look in So Marion Schfed has completed a loan move to Mechelen uh, yeah. In Belgium A season long loan um, And you, you can't help but go back To the night That he was That he was signed That he was about to be signed And Brendan Rodgers sat and said I don't know anything about him I don't think we need another winger yeah. or, or words to that effect You know I'm just looking at the, the kind of week That Celtic have had And we all know about Transfer windows And Celtic have a Transfer record That is superb But it's brought them in Tens of millions of pounds You don't need me to Give you an inventory of all the Virgil van Dykes and Ki Sung Youngs and Fraser Forsters and Stuart Armstrongs and all the rest of it. But at the same time, in the space of a week, Schwed has gone to Mechelen, Bio has gone to Toulouse, and Bolongoli can go anywhere he likes. Now, the three of them, uh, that represents uh, in the region of £7 million, I'm thinking. So, yep, yeah, it's a clear out. And it has started And Ball and Golly will One way or another Be part of it Either be sacked Or sold uh, But that's 
Seven million pounds worth of players. Oh God, God, and what an opportunity! Stephen O'Donnell coming close to scoring on his debut for Motherwell. Don't really know what he was doing up there as a right back. Um, but you have to see Alex the pass from David Turnbull to set it's, up the chance. Says, no, he just drops it over the centre half's head, turns Gordon, brings it on his weaker left foot, and he's just trying to guide it into the near post. And he's the goal begging. Uh, Jim Goodwin's interview has arrived Let's hear from him A 1-0 win away at Hamilton A good start to the season for St Mirren Credit to Hamilton I thought they started the game better First 5 or 10 minutes They had a couple of half decent opportunities And Jack Hannock makes an important save But I thought from about the 15th minute onwards uh, In the first half We were you know, well on top We had 6 or 7 very very good opportunities Thankfully we were able to take one of them We could have certainly made life a, a whole lot more comfortable Than what it ended up being Second half, in fairness, Brian makes a couple of changes And I thought they made a difference to Hamilton You know, great credit to my goalkeeper And, and, and the boys at the back for, for, for digging in And seeing out the result And you know, all managers every weekend Talk about finding a way to win a game of football That's what we had to do in the end today But um, you know, if, if you'd have offered me 1-0 before the game I'd have snapped the hand off Jack is one that we've been following for a long, long time. You know, to get someone of Jack's calibre, some of the shot stopping saves that he's made in the last three games have been outstanding. You know, he's probably the form keeper in the league, I would say, now at the moment, if you look at saves made. So it bodes well for us going forward. It's, it's a really important position for any successful team. High praise for Jack Anik there uh, from Jim Goodwin. You look at what could potentially make up the season, Hugh, for St Mirren, and they have to listen to all you dafties in here predicting them to not necessarily go down, but be there or thereabouts near the bottom. Play three games, lose heavily to Rangers, fine, that's not going to define your season, but beat Livingston, beat Hamilton, six points on the board already. Yeah, and I did make the point about Jack Anik early on this afternoon, and he will continue to be a vital part of the whole thing for St Mirren. Uh, it's a long road But they know uh, That there are Teams who are Worse off than them And that they are Equipped To stay in the division uh, You know Tony Fitzpatrick And uh, an old old friend But I think he's got Ahead of himself Talking about St Mirren And how high They can climb the league Survival 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 Just before we finish Alex uh, A quick recap on, on what's going on At Easter Road Yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying it Gordon it's end to end stuff But you have to say Motherwell have been The more sharper The, the more chances uh, And it's intriguing Whoever gets the first goal Could be pivotal 22 gone Hibs nil Motherwell nil Three away so far Motherwell Looking good to make it Four away at the moment uh, is this because of no crowds Or is it because of no ability And in the bigger picture Hugh We've still We're on a yellow card We're limping on Hopefully no more problems going forward We'll find out the punishments um, Rangers play tomorrow Against Livingston Trying to take advantage of Celtic Not being able to play And then we're on to another big week This story will run and run And this story will cast a shadow Over Scottish football On a daily Weekly And monthly basis Big game tomorrow We're back Monday night 6 o'clock Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Here to take your calls And in the meantime The sun is shining And GBX is up next